Hi, my name's Ali, and this is the Rus Files Unite podcast, where we watch Russian films and films with a Russian connection. This is a special episode of the podcast. About a special, special movie. Hi, guest. Hi, husband. <laughs> I, I was going to say identify yourself, but you, yeah. So previous listeners will know you, but to those just joining us for this very special occasion. So special. Uh, my name is Carrie Pitts. I am Ali's wife. Okay. Uh, is there anything else we should know that is uh, related to this episode? I absolutely love Lord of the Rings. Like, I'm just finishing up rereading The Return of the King. Well, I read all three of them. I don't know how many times I've read those books. I really, really love them. Um, I also, Ali and I also met while we were living in Russia. Cool. Thank you, Carrie. So, in a display of utter, utter professionalism, we haven't even said what the special, special thing is that we're talking about. You probably guessed from that intro. We're watching the recently resurfaced, I think, 1990 uh, Leningrad TV adaptation of the first book. The Fellowship of the, <laughs> the Ring. Ring. Yeah. By Tolkien. Yes, yeah. Uh, this has kind of been all over the news, and we figured we should probably cover it, because there's, as as you said, Carrie, there's not been a ton of passing bag, bag wagons, baggins wagons, bandwagons, upon which we can jump. Oh, the facial expression you're giving me. <laughs> so we did it. We watched all two hours of well how would you describe this carrie that's two hours of my life i'm never gonna get back (laughs) so there's what the the sound is really bad for starters so it's difficult to even hear it let alone understand it because it's that garbled so we had to turn the subtitles on and at one point well at a lot of points the subtitles couldn't get what was going on oh so at the bottom, the subtitles just said Zachim. <laughs> and Zachim translates to why, as in, like, for what purpose. And really, that kind of sums up the whole movie and how bad it was. Just why? Like, there was nothing about this that was good quality. Zachim. <laughs> why would you slaughter this in such a terrible manner? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, in a way, this was, like, the most extremely misguided labour of love ever. It was like, they really wanted to do this, even though they really, 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 really did not have the resources and therefore shouldn't have. But it's like... They had the resources of, like, a high school play, and they were trying to put on a fantasy novel an epic fantasy novel movie like the epic fantasy novel (laughs) and it just it fails utterly they don't have the budget they didn't have the screenwriting talent the camera like camera movements and filming quality 
The talent behind that was roughly equivalent to mine. It, there were parts that were out of focus. There were things where you could tell they were trying to follow something. I, I don't know, say a torch, and they weren't able to. Um, one of the swords, we think, was made out of aluminum foil. <laughs> I oh. just... Speaking <sighs> speaking of flames, there was there was definitely oh, like God. a signature a signature style that ca- the camera had. Like if there was a candle on screen, nine times out of ten, if the scene was finishing or they were like cutting to a different character, it would like zoom hard in on the candle. <laughs> and so then sometimes the next scene would start with the hard zoom on the candle and then come back like, out. Out, yeah. Just. It was so bad. Yeah, it's like your average work experience student probably could have done a better job at the camera work. (laughs) And the music, we already mentioned that the sound was terrible to the point where it's hard to understand, but the music was also bad. Yeah, I mean, part of the sound thing was just the version that, like, the TV station uploaded. The volume is so like whispery quiet that you're just kind of having to strain to hear it. Yeah, they haven't subtitled it in English yet, and YouTube is not having an easy time of auto-generating English subtitles, so we were just having to go... It was having a hard time auto-generating the Russian subtitles. Yeah, and as we've established, we're both Tolkien nerds and therefore quite familiar with the plot but if we didn't know this if this was our first encounter with lord of the rings it would just be like uh what yeah if you didn't already know what was going on you wouldn't be able to understand what's going on i think we were what like an hour and 10 minutes into the two hour long spiel before we actually knew which of the hobbits were sam mary and pippin yeah frodo was very obvious but yeah so if you're like if it takes an hour and ten minutes to understand who some of the main characters are that are introduced in the first five minutes of the movie, that's how bad a job of character development it does. Yeah. I mean, we're jumping around all over the place here, but I feel, given the quality of what we're discussing, I feel no obligation to any kind of professionalism. But... Yeah, another aspect, the pacing. What can we say about that? They were trying to include everything in the book, but then had to cut out all kinds of things. It just... It was so confusing. Like, I can understand why they had to cut out the Balrog, because that would be really difficult to do. But it was just like... Now they're in Rivendell. Oh, now they're not in Rivendell. Now they're suddenly in Moria. Oh, now they're suddenly in uh, Lothlorien. Oh, now they're suddenly out of Lothlorien. It was it was just... Like, you didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, like, especially the first episode was just, like, so much, like, trudging along. Like, mm-hmm. and you do realize watching this, it's kind of like it almost amplifies things the incredible achievement that the Peter Jackson trilogy is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, just, you know, how much material they had to compress. Um, and how they judiciously decided what to cut out. And yeah. they kept enough exposition that you knew what was going on, but it wasn't like this, where they needed a narrator to explain things and to skip over different parts. Yeah. 
I mean, <sighs> there's certain things like that I know it was good that the Peter Jackson version cut out, but I still still would have been cool to see. For example, the Barrow Whites. <laughs> For non-Tolkien fans, Carrie, what are the Barrow Whites? They're like these the these tombs of ancient witch kings. Mm, yeah, yeah. I guess would be a good way to put it. So they have magic spells on them. They're very dangerous. You don't want to end up in a barrow white. Yeah, because the barrows are where they're, is where they're yeah. buried, and the whites are kind of like they're sort of like zombie ghosts. It's like yeah. they're ghosts, but there's you get the impression there's like a corporeal element to them. Yeah, yeah. And they're proper creepy and freaky in the books, but and dangerous, very dangerous, very dangerous. And they kind of have like hypnotic powers as well. So they're one of those things where it's like, oh, these would have been cool if they were in the Peter Jackson version, but where they are, where they happen in the story for pacing reasons, totally understand how they got chopped out, but. In this Soviet version from 1990, they're included, and they are quite special. How would you describe them, Carrie? It's basically... It it was essentially a circus clown. Like, the makeup, the clothes, everything was just transplanted straight from the circus, didn't have time to change, didn't put any thought into how to change the character, just kept the circus character... And boom, now I'm a Barrow White. Yeah, they were kind of a little bit gothy, though. They were like circus goth clowns. It was really awful. (laughs) If I hadn't known that was a Barrow White, I wouldn't have been able to tell what was going on. (laughs) Also... I had trouble telling it what was going on as it was. And I'm literally finishing up the books now. (laughs) Yeah, so this is very fresh in your memory. (laughs) Because I was interrupting you, like, every five minutes to go, like, did this happen? Like, well, was this in the Peter Jackson film? I'm sorry, I was really annoying, but... Oh, man. bad. It's just almost so much to cover. (laughs) You don't need to assault your eyes with this. Yes, yeah, really save yourself the time. It's... Yeah. I'm trying to decide whether there's any, like point that you should just watch for the amusement value but no no there there aren't I mean maybe like you could do a gif of uh, Gandalf being flown out of Orthanc on the eagle oh yeah that was one of the more special special effects moments yeah that one one could be good it looked like he was riding a fish yeah with some wings or Gollum turning into Gollum oh that's right yeah, that, that was, was another special one yeah um, I mean mostly the acting was super terrible I thought mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. Gandalf was sort of okay but and Bilbo yeah was sort of okay which but they, they are significantly helped by the fact that everyone else is so bad yeah yeah Galadriel I... wasn't terrible either yeah and it's funny, like, all of those three had actual acting careers. Um, yeah. Yeah, the actor who played Galadriel, she's she's still alive, she's still working. In fact, apparently she was in a handful of Sopranos episodes. So this, this wasn't too much of a millstone around her neck, but then again, <laughs> it had disappeared for many years, so, yeah. Oh, there was also... 
another way in which it was low budget, you mm-hmm. have the nine riders, and at one point they wanted them all to appear on screen, but they only had like three horses and three actors who could do it. So they had the three go past, and then they slightly changed the clothes, and they had them go past again, and then they had them go past again. Yeah, I think you were not supposed to notice that they were just the same three people riding past the same scenery three times. Yeah, it really smacked of, like, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, except not on purpose. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And also, so much dancing. Bad dancing that made no sense. Yeah, like... When the Fellowship is arriving in Lothlorien, like, another of the, like, elven realms, they just have, like, these weird pixies dancing around them and kind of with these very floaty costumes. Okay, the costumes in that scene weren't bad. I could see, you know, elves wearing sort of floaty, all-white kind of costumes. That makes sense. But they're, like dancing and playing music in such a way that they're trying to put the fellowship people to sleep. Everyone except Gimli and Boromir, they put to sleep. It's like, this makes no sense. This did not happen in the movie. Like, why are you putting this here? It's just, it's it's weird. Questionable decision making. Yeah. Yeah, and the mu- music more generally, like, it's... 80s-tastic. It is, it is, it's... Actually, um, the composer was in, like, one of the, uh, like, late Soviet rock bands, so if you've heard our previous episode on the movie Lieta with Caroline Riddler, she's uh, researching into that whole late Soviet rock scene, but this really does not show that in its best light. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty awful. Yeah, it makes you realize how much of the atmospheric tension and and everything else that was going on in Lord of the Rings is so much, in, in the Peter Jackson version, is so, so helped by Howard Shore's incredible score. Mm. Uh, and, and this really suffers by comparison to that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, I feel like we could probably spend another hour, like, dunking on this really appalling adaptation. It's bad. Yes. Basically, don't let your curiosity get the better of you. Really don't. Um, But I should say, if you're a long-time listener, you'll know that this isn't really, like, representative of the quality of like Russian and Soviet filmmaking when they put their mind to it and they actually invested the proper budget they could do really good stuff and that's been one of the oh, yeah that's been one of the sort of depressing things about the coverage cuz oh my goodness like my phone like apparently the algorithm has really got my number because it's just keeps sending me stories like huh Soviet adaptation of Lord of the Rings I'm like yes I know um but yeah, lots of people are being just like, huh, the Soviets weren't good at anything. And it's like, well... There were even other movies at that same time period that when they were set in early 90s Russia or late 80s Russia, they were done well. Mm. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they weren't trying to be some 
fantasy something or other. They were just about average modern life, in which case they were filmed well, they were acted well, the costuming worked, the scripts were actually decent. Mm. This was just not that at all. Yep, fair. All right, well, thank you very much, dear listener, for joining us for this very special episode on this... So special. A very special movie. Uh, okay, so thanks for joining us. Das for Dania, folks. Das for Dania. <sighs> Why are we doing this again? Because this is in the news right now. Right, it's topical. It's topical. Okay. And it, like, never happens that anything we do with this <laughs> podcast is topical. topical. So we kind of have to do something. Yeah, we do. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>